Ooh, it may be blistering cold, but you are warming up to the Bellingham Podcast for the month of February 2023. This is episode 221. From that no joke, it is that cold city by the Salish Sea. I am AJ Barsay. And straight out of 9226, where it's 22 degrees Fahrenheit, and that's negative 5 Celsius for the rest of the world out there. I am Chris Powell. On this episode, AJ and I are continuing our revenge sojourn. And this time, we're talking about the revenge of analog. And for this episode, we're going to talk about paper and ink, how we can work on eliminating the reliance upon our digital slab of glass for restoring all of our data and getting it into a more friendly, tactile method. You are listening to the Bellingham Podcast. No joke, Chris. It is that ding dong cold. How you doing? I'm, I'm happy to be in a warm environment. We are incredibly lucky. Let's be uh, ex- displaying some gratitude for the warmness that is in Casa de Barce. Oh, thank you. Uh, and for those who are uh, having to deal with the 22 degrees of, of frigid weather and the rest of the country with the Arctic blast snow everywhere, power out and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I hope we can get through this soon. So how about yourself, AJ? What's going on? Doing good, doing good. Just uh, uh, even though it is blistering cold, I'm still diving. So uh, went on a dive about uh, a week ago now, um, actually 11 days ago. Um, I did a deep dive with my dive buddy, Andy. We um, uh, dove the Mukilteo Geodome. And it was actually not this cold, but it was pretty cold. I would imagine if it's below <laughs> freezing, you'd be diving in ice. ice. Yeah, yes. no, not ice certified. Wah, wah. Uh, but uh, we did do a deep dive. We went all the way down to uh, 126 feet. Hoorah. Uh, so 130 feet is the max depth for uh, deep dive certified uh, for our certification. And so we did it so that we could experience um, and kind of... So there's a skill that you have to have uh, when you deep dive, and that is kind of understanding nitrogen you narcosis. You have a particular set of skills. I do have a particular set of skills, and I will find you, Chris. Yeah, that's right. So um, uh, nitrogen narcosis is where like the nitrogen in your blood basically narks you out. You basically get a little bit um, high or drunk, basically. Um, some divers call it being deep drunk. Uh, and so we on our course, we never really got that feeling. And it's something you, if you're going to dive deep, you kind of have to know about your own physiology because it's different for everybody. Sure. So uh, we had topside support and stuff, and we did all the precautions and planned it out. And uh, we went down, and we just sat at 100 foot, and we're like, okay, we're looking at each other in the water, and okay, your eyes look good, and you're not gorked out, cool. Okay, let's go down deeper. What <clears throat> we didn't catch, there's a little bit of a current that day, very subtle, and it was pushing down and out. And so by the time that we kicked off to go down, we were going to stage at 100, 110, 120, 130, kick, turn, and go back. We uh, already floated down to 110. And in that gradient, I got narked okay. hard. Yeah. Um, is this the first time you got hit yeah. hard like that? Yeah. yeah. So okay. I, I, the, the feeling for me is, um, and there's different kind of um, feelings that can happen when you get uh, nitrogen narcosis. And for some people, it feels like you're just... Um, Sensory deprivated because I mean I mean at that depth you there is zero light other than what you brought with you, but like it feels like time stops yeah. like you're just in slow motion like Costco on a Saturday afternoon oh worse oh worse okay <laughs> fair think, enough think think the holiday season and I don't know sunset okay so no like 
it, it felt um, some people get Sunset Drive. Thank sun, you very much. Yeah, yeah. State yeah. Route five thirty yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, five forty two. Thank you. So no, so like some people feel, um, especially in our dark, dark cold water, some people get um, scared and anxious and they shoot to the top. I'm which afraid you can't of the dark. Do. What are you talking about? <laughs> or, oh, yeah, well, but at that depth, if you do, you can, you run the risk of getting bent. So like the the part of this process was for us to understand our own physiology at that depth, so that we could think our way through and know each other and how we kind of get narked out everything was fine so we ascended um we didn't go to the max depth we started to ascend because i called it because i i I was out of my own mind and i could see it Uh so we started uh ascending and stuff discipline that you have right there that's exactly what it is the discipline like you have to um you have to when you have a plan and you execute it like you can't especially underwater you can't like really derivate from it otherwise things happen so that was a cool experience um and you know it's it's just something something that we you, you kind of seek out when you're doing this type of thing uh, and i'm glad you're here and didn't uh, stay down there in the 120 plus feet waters fun fact yes. so in old sea tales there's this term called the rapture of the deep tell me I, more about the sea deep hi chris i are let me so, get my pipe go ahead <laughs> wait where's the rum so no uh no the there's this term called the rapture of the deep and it actually is presumed that it was uh from nitrogen narcosis because when you're down there like the siren songs and stuff it is easy to just forget that you're down there and breathing Mm -hmm. on air you know um and so that is part of that thing like you get down there and you get so entranced and so mesmerized and you look down you're like oh crap i'm running out of air or running out of time for bottom time that siren song is usually lady gaga songs for me oh 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 chris what are we talking about we're talking about analog (laughs) that was a hard right turn (laughs) (laughs) let's get my disco stick let's talk to the uh topic at hand we're talking about analog in this series and how we can apply it to bellingham life anything we can apply to bellingham life in this case uh Last episode, we talked about the revenge of analog, and uh, this time we are going to talk about paper and pen as it pertains. We've talked in the majority of our 200-plus episodes about... Seven years, Chris. Seven years, and by the way, February 2016, this whole project started. Uh, Cheers to seven years. Uh, Someone broke a mirror, and we've been the result of it. Uh, Good luck for us, and thank you once again for listening to us. We, in this case, have talked uh, at length about being aware of the addiction we would have or the reliance we have upon technology tools, mainly mobile devices, but also other slabs of glass, kind of like what we have in front of us here. For uh, notes. For yeah, sure. Show, show notes to different. make sure that we can uh, talk and articulate effectively. But so much has been dedicated to storing everything online, your second brain. The cloud. The cloud, your digital life, et cetera, et cetera. Well, let's get back to analog because that's been done for millennia. And... What I wanted to have, and I'm going to be Chuck D in this case. I'm your flavor flame. Yeah, boy. So we're going to talk about <laughs> how we can get some of these thoughts and thought clouds that kind of drift by and maybe start to revisit how we can do this outside of our technology devices and go into paper. Paper. And I'm, not, I'm not talking about that spiral, the metal spiral notebook we had growing up in schools. Uh, it's evolved since then, and we are you know, established people let's get a little bit more serious while we're having fun Mm -hmm. as we are logging information and uh writing stuff down to to refer to later so one of the things that i've been working on in this year of analog in 2023 for myself just finished a book called the revenge of analog by david Sachs, Mm -hmm. and uh you were kind enough to bless me for that for christmas back in 2022 christmas time made it through 
And I'll get to this part later about what you do after I underlined a, uh, I'm going to keep it clean. I underlined a lot. You made it bleed. I made it bleed, used a lot of ink. And I made, and I told myself, you know what? You got me a book that was, let's just say less than a hundred dollars. Uh, I have often wanted to keep books pristine, conditioned, oh, yeah. and things like yeah. that. Why? Thank you. Yes. Um, and I've decided, you know what? I'm going to underline and I'm going to mark this thing up. And I'm yes. Gonna, yeah. So did that. Got a lot of stuff. But it's one thing to underline books and take notes, but you got to do something afterwards. There is a way to create and log thoughts and ideas and other information that you can refer to later that can link within the, the paper analog method. There is a, a term out there called Zettelkasten. It is a, I believe, a German term. I think uh, so. We got a link in the sub stack, but it was created by a social scientist named Nicholas Luhmann, who I believe was uh, over in, he's a European, let's just put it that way. And it's Luhmann as an L-U-H. Luhmann. Luhmann. Luhmann, yes. Yeah. Uh, he created the Zettelkasten method, which is a personal tool for writing and thinking that creates connection to thoughts and produces insights. Fun fact, in the early days of the internet, of which we have become completely addicted to and rely upon, the hypertext markup language created links between websites. Mm -hmm. This is the analog version of that. As we are writing things down, and in, in a lot of ways, this can be done in modern times in 2023. Let's just take index cards. I have really enjoyed getting index cards, and in which you can get a bulk amount uh, to write things down, even if it's a, a fleeting, the, the, instead of a sticky note, yeah. that, what is it, two and a half by two and a half yellow adhesive square, now you have a little bit more room to work on and get a little bit more organized in either portrait or landscape mode. Using the Zettelkasten method, you can modify it or type it or annotate it that you can link to other cards or other areas of information that are related to have different thoughts. As it turns out, you uh, once you put all these cards in front of you, it may create insights that you weren't aware of as you're just writing specific cards down. It's kind of like ideation as well. Like you're, you can use it as an idea organizer. Yes, as Janet Jackson once said, "We are the nation of ideation." So, <laughs> preach or the rhythm nation, depending upon if you're going to. Index cards, sure, you can buy them in wherever, but yeah. uh, here in Bellingham, we definitely have a go-to place. We've talked about Village Books. They should be, you know, just, well, this is our quota shout-out to Village <laughs> Books in, in Fairhaven. But you got the bookstore, then you have an auxiliary store next door, quote-unquote. It's called Paper Dreams. And they have an extensive amount, well, in Village Books, Notebooks, paper sources, uh, go there and just browse around. Level up yeah. from that $1.99 notebook you might be considering getting to write stuff down. Sure, those composition books that we had in college or high school are great. And some people have had years and decades of those composition books. Let's have fun with this. Let's try something different because your mindset can be changed. And I'll get to that in a little bit. When you have some serious tools to do the work. In your kitchen, AJ, you have some high-quality equipment. Oh, thank you. As we're recording in Casa de Barce, I'm noticing that you have some kitchen knives. Mm -hmm. This isn't part of the uh, 8 for $10 value pack in plastic shrink wrap that uh, came in that you would probably get one slice and then, oh, by the way, you can't cut a tomato anymore. Right. You have some high-quality tools uh, to accomplish the mission. 
in paper dreams, you can acquire paper goods that can help with this. Should you want to browse online and check out some things for price and or color, because this appeals to our inner child, for those of you that don't have black as a motif like yours truly, there's a website out there outside of the one that we all know and are thinking of right now. Jetpens.com is one that I really enjoy. I've had a lot of success with purchasing pens, uh, index cards, journal notebooks, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, great online site uh, for writing tools and materials. Mm-hmm. And so instead of that site that we all would default to to purchase things, let's uh, check out another one such as jetpens.com. And uh, yeah, so as far as the the material to write things down, whether or not you use the Zettelkasten method as you become immersed in this as far as note card uh, note-taking, you also may want to throw everything into one notebook. Now, AJ, we have our quote-unquote, our analog guns on the table, table. Yeah. Uh, partner. So uh, what uh, kind of writing materials do you have that you use in your analog life? Yeah. So, and I've mentioned this before on a previous episode, the Skillcraft, B3, Skillcraft B3 Aviator pen, which I look in the previous show notes yeah, for yeah. it. But uh, I love this pen. This mm-hmm. is, it's got three modes. It's got as you kind of like the old like multi-click uh, color pen that you used yes. to have as a kid. You know, it's got a mechanical pencil. It's got red ink and black ink, and you can have them all. Tr- you know, you can get refills for it. And uh, this has become my de facto pen, and I got it in uh, crisp approved black. Of course, you would. The over the years, and I brought my guns over the years because, like, as anybody started, you know, you start with a moleskin, as do most people, and. You know, it's daunting. Like one of the things that I can even remember as, you know, first getting into journaling uh, as an adult, because I've been journaling since I was about eight. So I have a stack of from composition books all the way up. Yep. You know, the the thing about Moleskin is there's a lot of pages and the size, the amount of the this is a tome. You're mm-hmm. you're sitting down and committing a tome. Hundred and twenty eight pages, hundred and fifty pages, hundred and sixty pages, depending on what kind you get. This could be two hundred forty. Yeah. yeah, like it's yeah. just and for me, like, you know, doing that once or twice, um, and I remember having one of these in grad school, and obviously as a grad student you write a lot. It was I, I realized that this was more of a, a daunting chore for me than it was as a way of deconstructing my thoughts. Yes. So Moleskin made the uh, Voyager, mm-hmm. um, which I loved, and especially because in that time of my life, I was traveling a lot. Yes. It's smaller size, and I can't remember the... I've mentioned it on the show, and I'll put it in the show notes, but... It looks like about a B6 yeah. for, the, for the analog folks out there. It's about four inches by six inches out of Voyager. Yeah. it's it, And the amount of space that you get, plus the other type of pages, fulfilled another pro, uh, thing that I, I do, and that is when I travel, I mentioned this before, I have the Moleskin version of basically field notes you're holding a three by five or like an index card sized uh, paper notebook in your hand mm-hmm. fits in your back pocket nicely it's about the same exact size as a passport mm-hmm. and that's the reason why i went with these back then um and what i would do is whenever i would travel i would have just this this is what i would travel with because it's lightweight compact and you have your entire trip in yes. one book all of your tchotchkes you know tickets stubs stamps. mementos and that works great. I did that for Japan. I did that for Europe, France. Uh, I did that for a lot of different trips. And 
now getting into I have a, I have a couple of trips coming up this year. I'm going to be bringing the the new goods, which I've I've absolutely fell in love with because it kind of blends the best of both worlds. This is a Leuchtstrom 1917. Ah, yes, and it's their outlines, which also has weatherproofed paper. Mm-hmm. So for me in the Pacific Northwest or while diving, I can log. I actually do log my um, dives both with my my dive agency, but also analog because. That way I have both redundancy, but also this is the way that I usually yep. can go back in time. AJ was showing me a, a portion of his page, which has a wonderful illustration drawn on pencil, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And a log of, of very small text and things like that. One of, the, one of the kryptonite factors for paper is water. Yep. And so when you get the waterproof uh, type paper, that doesn't have to be a, a much of a factor. You're not going to take this into the bathtub with you. You and could. Re- you could, but why? Yeah, let's I not wouldn't. go there. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. Let's not try that at home, kids. No, but I mean, it. it like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that works because I've never really traveled with a, a quote, full-size journal. Yeah. But the thing about Lloyd's from 1917 that I love, or uh, the thing that you're actually kind of getting into is, is, is the fact that when you write, you know, I have my own documentation system so I can figure out where I'm at and stuff. But with Leuchtstrom, like all the the pages are numbered. Mm-hmm. So you, they have a table of contents page. They have you can get it in a dot grid or oh, yeah. real ruled or whatever or a mix of the two. I'm actually a fan of dot grid for the journal notebooks just because I like having I don't like lines because that gives me the PTSD trauma that I had growing up in school where hmm. I had to stay between the lines of my oh. penmanship. But the dots I can use. Okay, I'm going to write two dots worth of width. So anyway, that's yeah. just a, a Chris thing. No, no, and, and I, I do that as well. Like I said, if you're trying to condense a lot of just little bits of information you know it just it just saves it saves space you know we're 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 talking about tools that you if you are looking to dip your toe into the analog pool when it comes to paper and pen uh documentation we have suggestions for you if you are interested in what aj and chris actually use we're i'm speaking in the third person right now of course (laughs) like we're mythical objects Contact us. Let us know. Would would this be something that you would enjoy as a highly valued listener of the Bellingham podcast? Perhaps you may be listening on 102.3 FM KMRE here in Bellingham. And if not, they're community powered and community streaming worldwide. They're so bad. Uh, on KMRE.org. That's right. And if you are interested in what we actually use, because we're thinking of you, our listener, about you know you don't have to drop hundreds of dollars or things no. like that. The evolution of our analog journey has taken AJ to uh, a certain level. It took me to a Leuchtturm 1917, big, burly. That's horking, dude. It's horking because... It's like an inch and a half thick. It, well, it's it's over 200 pages because I don't want to have a whole lot of these little notebooks. I want to just work with one, fill one up, and then, okay, I only want to have a, a certain amount, but it's a lot of pages, so I'm mm. going to just roll with it. Plus, I wanted a bigger size because I have a bigger hand, and the smaller notebooks, like Field Notes, which I love, yeah. uh, those pocket notebooks serve a purpose, but when I'm documenting things, I have a bigger hand, and I need more space for the mitt, the meat of the hand to rest upon. So I use that, but I'm also trying to do more index card-related uh, things I've chosen. I've chosen four by six index cards because the typical, traditional sized index card, uh, it doesn't. It's it's it. I, it prompts me to write small in my mind. Yeah. With four by six, a little bit more space. I have a little bit more to write more things and annotate more in the upper columns for that. I'm at, so the it begs a question, Chris. 
What do you have index cards strewn about your house all over the place? Okay, Chris, do you have uh, index cards strewn about your place? That's a great question. And no, to answer your question, no, I actually did a little bit of checking around. And based on a couple folks whom I'm going to talk about who have been my inspiration for this note taking foray, I got a little bit of an index card box. Hmm. Uh, there's a company out there called Vaults with a Z, uh, it, cheeky title, yes. But uh, the link I have in Substack will take us to a little bit of a index card storage cabinet, if you will. And it's, of course, tactical black, which makes me happy every time I look at it. But oh, it, you can't see Chris Powell's face right now. Oh, He's yeah. almost squeeing at the, at the, 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 the thought of Not a tactical black. Not enough ease in the squeeze. Squee! That's right. Okay. But I store all the things. And I got the little uh, dividers, which I have information, I have thoughts, I have quotes, and I have miscellaneous. It's the Chris Dewey Decimal System. Pretty much. It's a Chris Decimal system. And that, for my life and my instances, I mean, if I was a cook, mm-hmm. uh, a chef, if you will, I'd have a, a section for recipes, which is, you know, it looks like a recipe card box, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed using that. One of the, th- one of the, you know, for storage, because, you know, sometimes I use journals when I'm out. I don't want to bring this box with me to a coffee shop. Although that would be cool, uh, it could if be it had cool. A handle like it doesn't have a handle. That's that's the thing. You could be but, like Desperado. The lights just dim in the coffee shop. As you, you never come in. can tell what he actually looks like. <laughs> yeah, the biggest guy in the, you know, the room. Anyway, anyway. Um, no, you got to go with where you you, you go. But uh, let, I want to I want to also talk about in addition to storage and paper, the pens we use. You mentioned the Skillcraft B3 Aviator pen. I've really spent a decent amount of money. A hobby turns into an obsession for me. Yeah, and I've learned a lot from your obsession, not going to lie. And, uh, you know, I do yeah. uh, work with Big Eye Design, yeah. and that's kind of like the main event. I don't want to talk about that too much because I don't want to discourage people. But um, the TI Ultra pen is OMG Skookum. awesome. And it takes a whole lot of refills. But what I would say, if you're thinking about getting started, a Lamy Safari Rollerball pen is totally Bellingham podcast approved. I'm looking at AJ nodding his oh, yeah. head. Yeah, and um, available over at uh, Paper Dream, not Paper Village Dreams. Books it's and Paper Bill- Dreams. Yeah, I can't remember which side it's on. Here's the thing, folks. It's 2023. You deserve more than a standard Bic rollerball ballpoint pen with a chewed up cap. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. When you you spend 20 bucks on a writing tool, so this would equate. It's a tool. It's Just a stop tool. there. It's a tool. But when you pick up that tool, when when I pick up. A writing tool such as this, and I'm holding a TI Ultra in my hand. AJ's looking at it very uh, lustfully yeah, it's, right it's now. Cool. I can it's see, cool. the, I can see the covetousness in oh, your eyes. Cool. Um, your mind shifts to a more serious mode when you pick up a kitchen knife that you've dropped some coin on. When you pick up a $1,200 iPhone, you're not going to be. F- flippant in how you use it you're going to be taking care of it you're going to be a little bit more serious i believe this also applies to what you are writing as well you get a 20 dollars pen your your attitude changes and now you are a little bit more serious you're not going to be just scribbling stuff around you're going to be like organizing your thoughts and stuff and this can help matters out got a link to a the, the gateway drug if you will to pen life yeah. you know everyone starts out in the music in the guitar world with a fender a, a, a mexican b- built fender stratocaster yeah. a squire strat yep. and you figure things out and you realize oh this person i really like plays a gibson les paul so you find an epiphone les paul or a prs and a or, prs yes yeah. and and you just kind of go along that journey you started with moleskin yeah and you've evolved to 
uh, Leuchtturm, yeah. which is which is the Mesa Boogie instead of Marshall Amps, if you will. Sure, because yeah. it's you know waterproof. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with wow. that. Wow, we're here all all week, folks. In your journey, you start off with the comfortable shoes that you find at Payless shoe stores in the mall. It's your size. It's a color that works, and then you realize, oh, I only get. Four weeks of usage, and then it starts. Then you go up a little more upscale, and you learn about the quality, and then you invest in the quality of these shoes. And now you have the special purpose. You hear what I'm talking about, dear listener? Yeah, I think you do. So, as you are uh, getting the tools to be able to write things down, instead of saying, Ahoy, digital assistant, badink, and then you write or dictate or tap out a note with your thumbs in whatever notes app you might be using, now you have it written down. And now you can have dedicated time. Uh, this is the next thing I wanted to discuss, at least. Dedicated time to be able to clear the distractions. And for my informal target audience, which is a parent of a couple kiddos mm-hmm. that uh, is really working hard during the day and working hard in the evening and doing good work to uh, be an uh, awesome parent, you don't have a lot of time to yourself. You don't have a lot of parent time. And after the kiddos go to bed, now you have your time where you got to catch up on all, everything else because... You do bills, you get a bite to eat, and then you go to sleep. It's the administrative stuff. So it's sometime admin. between doing the bills and going to sleep, can you carve out some time to have focused attention on your thoughts? Now, we have index cards that you can put in your back pocket and a pen uh, available that in your everyday carry that you can whip out in case you get that drifting thought cloud instead of saying, remember the trash can, remember, <laughs> remember the, the trash, trash can, can Bill. Um, like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, thank you very much. Uh, Whoa. The, exactly, those thought clouds will disappear and then you're like, what was that? Oh, you're having a senior moment, kind of like what I am having more and more of as or I COVID, age. COVID brain as I COVID like brain, it. there you go. Uh, there is an author out there whom I've started to read about and have followed. His name's Cal Newport. Yeah. He's a computer science professor at Georgetown, but he's also written a number of books. He's that deep work guy. Yep. He's that digital minimalism guy. He's that a world without email guy. He's that guy that never stepped foot onto social media. Correct. And uh, boy, what a unique uh, individual. But one of the uh, blogs he had in the earlier days was called Study Notes. It was a way that he was sharing information with college students to, you know, here's what helped me blast through college to get great grades and still have time to live a life. Mm. Time blocking is one of his projects that he's done. And how do you organize your day with time to be able to have intentionally focused work time, uh, family time, et cetera, et cetera. And then if you get a half hour to be able to write these things down, to log, to store, to document. Uh, got a link about Cal Newport's blog uh, to triage those scribbles and accumulated thoughts that occur during the day or the week. It doesn't have to be every day. It's when you have time to be able to do it. But here's a way to be able to approach that because you need to, you can't be having Netflix on. You can't have the TV on and also getting pings from your phone for notifications from the 20 people that you're having asynchronous conversations with. You got to have this focused time because this is what's worked. I've seen the results when I clear out all those distractions Mm. and it's just me, a pen and paper, some form of that stuff just flows out. 
kind of like after you you know drink a two liter of soda, it just flows out. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, I have a couple of people that I've um, gotten inspiration from. Now I use the music analogy because that's all I got. I was a big fan of Steve Vai, Eddie Van Halen, Joe Satriani, Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top, and I would you know have those as my influences when playing guitar and bass in a lot of ways. Ryan Holiday, in addition to Cal Newport, is one of my um, uh, I enjoyed authors. This guy, <laughs> this guy, uh, is really into the Stoic mindset. We've discussed Stoic mindsets in Stoicism. previous Stoicism in previous episodes. Ryan Holiday is that guy who's written a whole lot of books about Stoic mindsets, and uh, I've got them all. Going to be reading them through 2023 in analog format, writing them down, and, and such. He has a really uh, great way of writing notes down and i've based a lot of the index card and my storage uh container thing based on what i learned from him Hmm. and what he's documented in his blog posts so in addition to ryan holiday should you want to check him out there's also an author named maria popova now uh the website i think is uh has changed maria popova gained fame in brainpickings.com she reads Upwards of 10 to 15 books a week. A, a week? Yeah, you heard me. And is a voracious, V-O-R-A-C-I-O-U-S, I did well in spelling bees, kids, uh, note taker. Huh. And how one, how she completely, I dare I say, obliterates a book with important information and distills and um, uh, extracts information. Defragments. Defragments in a, in a tech way. Uh, a lot of information. I think the website is been rebranded to the marginalian oh really don't quote me on that no pun intended but uh, maria popova has an established outstanding method capturing ideas from reading books Hmm. and oh by the way we should be reading more books in our life instead of just skimming article headlines before we speak about things on social media right kids there you go um Check out Maria Popova's note-taking method and how she has been able to do this to learn so much and become such an authority on information that is really, like, interesting in a lot of ways. So Ryan Holiday and Maria Popova are my uh, note-taking devotees. Uh, uh, I am a devotee of them. Let's make no mistake. Yeah, I I didn't – obviously, I knew Ryan, but I didn't know Maria. That's cool. You know, if you know what's good for you, dear listener and AJ, uh, you would check out Maria Popova uh, as far as the information that's out there. We can do so much for our brains and and, and get more mycelin uh, around our brain neurons, our, our synapses, oh, sheathing and stuff of the the wiring of our brains. Yeah, we can do so more, to, so much more to get smarter uh, if we look at other sources of information and people who are reading and composing thoughts and organizing information instead of just barfing out information as soon as it happens. Golly, that was an editorial that I should probably I'll probably be uh, paying for later on. But you know what? I don't care. I've been doing this 221 episodes, seven years. I've, uh, I, you know, contact me if you got a problem with me. Come at me, bro or sis. Uh, happy to happy to uh, have a conversation with you if you want about that. I think it's important that we disengage from a lot of what is currently immediately available. And by the way, Cal Newport's working on a project called the Slow Productivity yeah. Method. Uh, there's a the, the, there's something to this. Uh, it's a it's a quiet voice in the megaphone cacophony of society. But I think the more that we take time to oh by the way, there's a better brain 
um, brain connection when you're writing things down. Yeah, there's, a, there's been research on that. Going back to my days, even as an elementary school teacher, like that was some of the earliest um, research that I kind of glommed onto is the fact that in a digital age, do, typing, um, like doing touch typing and stuff, although you can get more content on the page, the brain doesn't necessarily make that transference of learning as opposed to the slower pace where you actually have pen to uh, paper, whether it's cursive or, or standard script, it doesn't matter. But no, that, and I think that research still stands. I'll, I'll see if I can trudge up a link on some current stuff. On this that. isn't in our sub stack, but I got a pop quiz for you, AJ. Okay, hotshot. Uh, in Bellingham, I always want to tie this into Bellingham, whatever we talk about. Where would you go? Let's just say uh, you're out, you, you can't be in your house, your yeah. casa, and you need to be able to take some time, deep, focused work, because you got some stuff you want to flesh out for a particular project, or you're in a situation that you need to uh, write stuff down. Where do you go in Bellingham? Anywhere that's got a trail. Can you be more specific? <laughs> well, we have several hectares. Pick one. <laughs> no, so like uh, most of the time, you'll find me uh, up on the Northridge Trail, just kitty corner to where we live. Okay. Um, there's park benches that have been podcasted on several times. Yes. And the, the three bench zone. The three bench zone, yes. as we like to call it. And that's just an easy getaway because, you know, getting out, especially during the pandemic, that was, I mean, that's where we podcasted during the pandemic. It was our escape, yes. you know? And so if I need to just dip out for 30 minutes, I get a walk-in, get uh-huh. a little bit of forest bathing in. I've fresh got, air. Yep. Got some fresh air because, you know, much like you work remote, eight hours a day underneath the same mm-hmm. roof, just getting out, walking, finding a bench, maybe not on a day that's negative eight C. Exactly. Um, and then just pulling out whatever i've got for because at that point my my phone is on silent airplane mode no differently when we podcast and i can jot down things or just listen to the ding dong birds can you well the ding dong birds as opposed to the ding dong from your phone i want to i want to just re-emphasize what you had said you turn off notifications or distractions on your slab of glass Mm -hmm. that's cool there's also a common thread that we have because i'm going to share my spot as well uh there's a bench outside uh uh, near your home. Okay. Okay. Now, for for you listening, wherever you live, you might have a place that you can walk to, maybe five or ten minutes away. Yeah. Uh, get get some left, right, left, right. And by the way, when you walk, there's integration that occurs in your mind with mm-hmm. other things that help you think about uh, kinesthetic learning. Kinesthetic learning. Love it. Ryan Holiday and Cal Newport both have d- d- uh, shared the merits of going for a walk as you are thinking about a particular uh, item on your brain. I go down to the bellwether. AJ yeah. knows this. I've said this for, oh, I don't know, 60 episodes out of the 220 that we have. Um, Tom Glenn Common at the bellwether is, is this open area with benches, but they're amazingly heavy uh, to look out at the bay. Usually not in 22-degree weather, Fahrenheit, but when I go there, it's a, it's, a, it's a drive for me to go there. But to have that place to look at a beautiful scenery with a index card, book, a journal, notebook, et cetera, et cetera, that's where I go. But the main thing is you may not be able to get work done in the house mm-hmm. uh, at any time, but maybe if you plan time for that – that can be a good place to, to go. Got to consider a lot of things. So let's recap before we hit our favorite uh, segment of the show. You get some writing materials. You get your writing tool or your implementation of getting ink on the writing materials. Getting your ink. You get your uh, format on how that's going instead of just writing and, and scribbling. How do you uh, discern all this information? You get a little bit of organization to how this is being writ- written. And then you find your location mm-hmm. and the time to be able to do it. 
And there's one other thing I want to tack on to that. Yes. Because as, as we were talking, usually you and I go very solo when it comes to journaling. It's kind of an independent, introverted, you know, solo type of thing. Being a father now, I and my, my son has seen me journal. I mean, he has a journal. He has, matter of fact, a nice bright orange journal uh, just like mine. Excellent. Because uh, he wants to be like dad. Of course. And that's something I would encourage you. If you're, um, whether you're a single mom or a single parent or you have a, a family of your own, is demonstrate and model for your youths. And this is something that, especially as technologists, we've seen the rise of in the last decade is the kids are watching and they will emulate those adults that are around them. If you look like your forehead is glued to your glass, they will want to do that too. My son on Sunday mornings, if I'm not going solo, you know, he will come downstairs uh, because I'm usually up before everybody else in the house. I'm down here. I've usually got a record playing and I'm journaling. He'll come down quietly, bring his, uh, he has a space pen, his little astronaut Fisher on it. space pen? No, 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 no. Just it has an astronaut on it. Awesome. He calls okay. it his space pen. Okay, cool. And it's got the multicolors. Yes, very He'll good. He'll come down, grab his journal, cuddle up with me and also do the same thing. And he's working on his penmanship and he'll be like, hey, dad, how'd you sleep? You know, and there is kind of a communal time that you can also do with journaling. So if you're a person that's just like, you know, that's too insulatory, it's too stoic for me. Um, if you're more of a family person or you want it to be more of that, that kind of um, book share type of a thing, like I, I tell my son what, you know, what I'm journaling. He tells me what he's thinking. You can also do that as well. It Very good. So. Uh, this is a great parent hack and also a social, uh, uh, social hack for those whom you are either married to or seeing. What if you went and took this special someone, whether it's your kiddo or your special someone, to a store? And I'll just let's just try Office Max in Bellingham. Why not start with a big selection? You offer to buy them a notebook and a pen. And while you bring yours, now you go to some place where you both can go and write down something you're thankful for. Yep. And then you share Just it later on. Mm-hmm. And then you start building that again. Or now, you know, I'm going to let, let's write down uh, three things that we would love to be able to work on in the month uh, coming up. Goals. Yep. Now you got a shared activity. Ooh, I like that. You know what we AJ and I share often? Quality assurance. <laughs> Ooh, these picks are picked for you for by Chris Powell and AJ Barsay for your quality assurance. Very good. That was a good hook. <laughs> I, I got your. I am Captain Hook, matey. All right, you go first this time. Okay, so um, previously there was this uh, gentleman who spent many a decade. Uh, driving very fast cars with two of his best mates over in the UK. His name is Jeremy Clarkson. He's the tall, gregarious one that always seems to win in all the competitions, and I always disagreed. I thought James May should have uh, won uh, more of those competitions. Because this is a Top Gear reference, right? It is. Yeah. It is. It's a Top Gear reference, or Grand Tour, if you're watching their current stuff. Poor Richard Hammond. He would just always crash. But anyway, um, Jeremy Clarkson, in his older age, bought a farm, and it's called uh, Diddly Squat Farms. <laughs> nice. And it's over in the Cotswolds of Oxfordshire and stuff. And what's cool about this is, is here he is. He genuinely, this was, it's not just like him typically in Top Gear. They're kind of punking each other. This wasn't really a punk. Like this was him genuinely wanting to get into farming. And you have to understand during Brexit and all the other uh, geopolitics that are in play within Europe, Britain and farming is a hotbed topic. And it's interesting seeing a personality like him come into farming 
and then have to deal with the politics. And he's a personality and also, I would argue, a journalist in his in his younger days. A visual journalist. And it comes together in Clarkson's Farm. And it highlights a lot of the difficulties that farmers are seeing in the UK. But also anybody who is in ag- uh, agriculture, even here in Whatcom County, would resonate with a lot of what he's talking about, such as the subsidies issues or fertilizing and um, the, the, the pros and cons of that type of thing. All the way down to, you know, protected species. For instance, over in the UK, badgers are a huge problem. You get a badger on your farm, they get near your cows, your cows get TB, you get shut down and those have to get culled and you don't get any money for it. And here's the kicker. You can't hunt the badger. They're a protected species. Oh, boy. So it's those little things um, as well as diversification. Like, let's say you need to sell your stuff. Well, you have to go through planning. You have to go through permitting. All this stuff. You can't just go and do it. And I would encourage anybody who's interested, uh, one, in his personality, but two, in farming or agriculture, you're going to love a lot of what he he talks about and what he showcases and highlights. So, so this is Clarkson's Farm? Yeah, it's called, uh, I believe it's called just Clarkson's Farm. Where, where Jeremy, can one uh, watch Jeremy it? Clarkson's Farm. Amazon Prime has it. I think okay. they have the exclusive because they've got the, the, the trio for Grand Tour. I understand. Well, if you don't have Amazon Prime and you are interested in checking that out uh, and you may not have access to that, find me. Email me. I know a guy who knows a guy <laughs> yeah. who might be able to help with that. Um, wow. <laughs> yes. Uh, my quality assurance just got released today. Ooh. So in my bleary eyed, uh, waking up, checking my news feeds of what's going on out there, there is a classical composer named Max Richter. Yeah. And from the Bellingham tie, uh, the Wacom symphony orchestra in January, uh, did a, uh, Vivaldi four seasons recomposed. Yeah. Uh, this was based off of Max Richter's, oh, cool. uh, release. However, Max Richter is an outstanding classical composer. Mm-hmm. Just came out with an EP, a 30 minute EP, 30 minutes, hold that thought, uh, called Sleep Tranquility Bass. Now, in the 20 teens, Max Richter came out with a long release called Sleep. It was eight hours long. This was made, this was created, this was composed and executed live with people in cots and sleeping bags I remember. overnight. Got a documentary that talked about this. It was an eight-hour music extravaganza. That experience. W- experience. Thank you. Not extravaganza. Experience. You said it better. <laughs> Just came out with a 30-minute EP of some retooling of the themes involved in sleep. Slow soundscapes to augment your focused analog life. I was listening to it this morning, excuse me, as I was going through uh, my work-related things, and it put me into a really nicely focused state. Hmm. It doesn't have the oonce oonce. It's going to be noticeably different than the music you're used to listening to everywhere you go in in society. Mm-hmm. I, I put a link to where this can be uh, listened to or streamed. Cool. But as of like today, uh, uh, like hours before our recording, yeah. no joke, uh, it got released. So this is definitely quality because I already listened to it. Uh, and wow. If you need some kind of soundtrack to get into a better state with your analog writing or your analog life, what a great transition not just from life in living and being awake, but also to sleep. Play this before you go to sleep and watch the success uh, drift off. That's a really horrible way of wrapping this show up. But why don't you uh, do a better job of that? Okay, I'll, I'll try. But um, until before you all drift off and Sandman visits you, you've 
successfully listened to the 221st <laughs> edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, snoozing with us, wherever yeah. you like to get your podcast. Remember, if you are in the Bellingham area, you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. They are community-powered, and they're streaming all over the darn place on the internets, that series of tubes that we all know and love at KMRE.org. And on that note, please bundle up and stay warm and stay healthy. I'm AJ Varsay. And I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for joining us on the Bellingham Podcast. Okay, we had revenge, vengeance. What's next? Uh, more uh, equalizer. Uh, <laughs> more vengeance. I, I, I can't get enough of it in my life yeah. in, from an analog standpoint. Analog.